All right. Well, thanks, mate. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, I'm still a bit croaky. Um, I've been in isolation for a week with um, COVID and it's been rather unpleasant. Um, yeah, I'm Mick. I'm an alcoholic. Um, some people don't you know, like labels, um, shouldn't use labels or whatever else, but that's a label that suits me. Um, the way I drank, uh, the way it affected me, the way it affected my life, um, you know, alcoholic sums it up. Uh, I loved alcohol, absolutely loved it. Um, not particularly the taste, always the effect. I just chased it. Um, never uh, during my drinking was it social. It was always with the intention of getting drunk as quick as possible. Um, sometimes if there was something going on like New Year's, I used to hate New Year's because I'd have to pace myself to try and still be conscious by midnight and um, quite often didn't succeed. So, yeah, there's... Um, there's many new years that I uh, never actually saw. And uh, yeah, not that it's a big drama. Um, like a lot of people, um, my story is fairly similar. Uh, I, I grew up at, you know, just an insecure um, <coughs> kid, um, anxious, never really sort of feeling like I fit in. and. Um, always trying to be something I'm not. Uh, you know, I, I spent um, many years, you know, riding around on a motorbike, you know, with a long beard and um, dark glasses and growling at people. Um, and, you know, it was a good way of keeping keeping people at bay and, you know, none of them really realising, um, you know, I was just a scared little kid behind the mask. Um, yeah, teenage years, I... I you know, started drinking um, whenever I could. Uh, not having any money made it difficult, but um, you know, whenever, you know, we're always fairly um, cunning with the way we do things. And so, you know, whenever the opportunity arose, um, I would drink and you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, another label I could apply is addict, I suppose. Um, I used lots of drugs and, you know, and loved it. But booze was always there, um, you know, whether it's, you know, smoking pot or, you know, speed or, you know, whatever else, it was, you know, always with booze. It was, it was a, a compliment um, to the booze. Booze was always my drug of choice. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, mixed up kid. Could have done well at school, all my school reports. You know, Michael has the ability to do well if only he would apply himself. Um, and that was the issue. I had no interest in applying myself. Uh, I didn't what no, didn't like the way the education system taught. You know, I, I, I didn't learn well the way that they taught. And um, so, yeah, uh, I rebelled with that and, um, yeah, sort of finished high school and then, you know, it was, supposed to be a bit more mature and go on to college and um, you know, be a bit more self-reliant. And yeah, I, I wasn't. Um, so I was you know, basically stopped going to school and um, 
yeah, just you know, getting drunk whenever I could. And my father came home one day with some papers for the Navy um, and said, have a look. So I had a look and thought, yeah, well, yeah, why not? Fuck it. Yeah. So I joined the Navy. Yeah. I, I didn't sort of venture off on a career path and do any research or anything. I just had this paper in front of me that, I, yeah, and just, yeah, why not? So if I went and joined the Navy and um, for an alcoholic, it was just, it was great. There was a, you know, just a huge drinking culture. It was expected of you to, um, you know, to drink. You know, if you, um, you either played sport or you drank. And considering I didn't play sport, well, you know, I drank. And so I spent six years in the Navy drinking um, as much as I could get away with, basically. I worked on helicopters and I had to repair helicopters and stuff. Um, so, you know, I'd have to get to work in the morning and be capable of, you know, turning up, basically. Um, so that sort of limited my drinking during the week and then it was, you know, into it on the weekends. Um, yeah, after six years in the Navy, I got out. Um, I didn't then didn't have the, the limitations on my drinking uh, from that. So it was... Um, you know, drinking daily and uh, within um, within about 12 months of getting out of the Navy, I, um, yeah, I was, I was a wreck. Um, and yeah, one, one morning that the phone rang and I, um, I answered it and there was, you know, this guy said, oh, you want the job? And I said, who the fuck's this? You know? And it was some guy that I'd met at a pub the night before, and uh, he was a um, yeah a bikey wannabe, and uh, yeah he'd organised a job for me with with Australia Post riding um, posty bikes, delivering telegrams, and uh, so yeah that was I was great for six weeks until I um, went home to the old man's place for lunch, and they weren't home, so I had a bottle of dad's beer, and then back to work, big hash joint, and then, you know, went out delivering telegrams, and um, managed to get hit by a bus, and <laughs> um, so, yeah, I end up in, in hospital, and a uh, broken ankle, and a um, few weeks after that, uh, yeah, I end up basically at my rock bottom. Um, I, been to a uh, a club on, on in, in Canberra in Australia on, on a Friday night, and when that closed, I left there, you know, plaster on my foot, staggering off to um, to find some other bar at you know, two or three o'clock in the morning, and um, and I climbed over a um, it was in a construction site, and I climbed over a fence because I didn't want to walk around; it was too far, and I fell down the other side and cut my hand on the barbed wire and. Um, the last thing I, I recall of that was sitting in this uh, bar underneath a car park somewhere um, and you know, just drinking shots of Jack Daniels and dripping blood into an ashtray from wound in my hand. And I, next thing I woke up in a friend's house um, out in the garage in the backseat of the car with a horse rug over me and went up with them um, in the morning, you know, they went to get milk for breakfast and I bought beer and they got on my case, you know, um, to do something about my drinking. And, I, you know, I said, you know, some people have a problem drinking early in the morning. I don't, you know, so 
but they kept on my case. They had a gut for my behaviour and they kept at me and finally to shut them up, um, I agreed to go to a detox. Very fortunate that at that detox, um, it was a requirement to also go to AA meetings. So, um, yeah, I went off to um, my first AA meeting on that Sunday night. Um, that was 1st of April, you know, April Fool's Day, um, which is rather significant, I think, <laughs> about my drinking, um, yeah, 1987. And I went to that meeting and, yeah, I heard people's stories about um, drinking like I did. Um, my idea of an alcoholic was, you know, your, your normal Hollywood thing of, you know, on a park bench, you know, dressed in a great coat, you know, drinking, you know, cheap wine, you know, a brown paper bag sort of thing. Um, but that wasn't the case at this meeting. There was people there that um, there was something about them, you know, there was, there was, there was a, a life to them, you know, there was, you know, there was life in their eyes, you know, and that sort of stuff. And, um, and there was a guy there talking about jumping out of a um, glider and parachuting onto the beaches of Normandy on D-Day and sculling a bottle of rum on the way down. And, and like, oh, fuck, wow, you know what? this is amazing. And here's this guy standing here sober. And um, it was a few weeks later, I realised he wasn't old enough to have been in um, in World War II. And <laughs> he was just full of shit. But, yeah, um, yeah. It takes all sorts and, you know, whatever gets you through the day. Um, so, yes, after um, that meeting and, you know, spending some more time in detox, I spent another nine days in detox and then left there and went down to the um, south coast of New South Wales to um, you know, my drug dealer's place from when I was in the Navy and um, spent a weekend partying there and then decided that, you um, yeah, I was just heading straight back to where I was. So I left there and went back to uh, Canberra and um, back to meetings. So, you know, um, the last time you know, that I consumed drugs or alcohol or whatever else um, to escape myself was the um, 13th of April, 87. So, you know, over... Uh, 35 years and you know, yeah it, it's a long time it hasn't stopped me being crazy it hasn't stopped me wanting to kill people um it hasn't stopped me being depressed or anxious um yeah you know, yeah it's um all it's given me is an ability to you know to be able to live the life that i lead and um with all the ups and downs and, uh, i'm no longer entitled to chemical peace of mind uh, heard a mate say that at a meeting many years ago and it just rang true. Um, in early recovery, um, yeah, used to roar around on a motorbike and, um, you know, um, I'd always turn up to the meeting late so people could hear me coming, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> just a big ego. <coughs> and, um, but, you know, yeah, I kept going to meetings and, um End up good mates with this um, Maori woman in Canberra, and um, yeah, she was mad, mad as a cut snake. But um, yeah, we were good mates. We still are good mates. Um, yeah, and yeah, you know, we'd go off to meetings on 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 the bike, or you know, might, might just jump jump on the bike and go down the coast for for a weekend or something, and you know, just 
yeah, we're free to do whatever we wanted. Um, you know, I wasn't wasn't working at the time. Um, the first first money I had when I, after getting into recovery was you know, people from a meeting, a couple of guys that um, you know, had a maintenance business, um, and they had me you know, stripping wallpaper. Uh, not a great deal of fun, but you know, it was a bit of cash, and you know, it, yeah, it, it was the, the, the start of me getting back to um, being a productive member of society. And um, yeah, there's been lots of ups and downs on the way. Um, yeah, I moved into a group house um, in Canberra and another woman that moved in there, you know, we ended up getting on quite well um, and, you know, ended up in a relationship and moved into a house together and you know, ended up getting married and all the rest of that. And, um, yeah, ended up with, with two kids and then political dramas and, and you know, which meant, you know, I'd, I'd lost the job I had. And so we packed up, um, you know, Two cars, two kids, and a trailer on the back, loaded up with our you know, lively possessions, and um, moved from Canberra um, you know, across Bass Strait to Tasmania. And um, yeah, we've been here all that time. I uh, I went to a oh, I rang up to go to a meeting, uh, find out where a meeting was in, in Hobart one time. There's this guy, um, you know very posh, um, you know, British upper class accent, um, telling me where the meetings were and, you know, just my arrogance and ego just instantly took a disliking to him. So I didn't go to a meeting for about six years and, um, yeah, through work and whatever else and, you know, not dealing with, with stuff, I end up with um, a massive resentment uh, and you know, depression and suicidal and homicidal. You know, I wanted to kill this guy. And, um, yeah, and I ended up um, getting back to a meeting and it was in that meeting, I, I was sitting there, you know, uh, woe is me, you know, all the self-piteous bullshit that we go on with. And there's a woman there sharing about, um, her partner that had um, shot himself the night before and committed suicide. And, you know, and it just, it came, you know, hit me like a ton of bricks, that sort of thing that, you know, I often hear in meetings, you know, something, um, you know, yeah, I'm so caught up on my own self-obsessed uh, stuff about what's going on with me and that there's other people getting on with life um, and dealing with, you know, tragedies and, uh, so yeah, that was um, yeah, got me back to meetings in Tasmania, and so yeah, all the way along, I've always struggled with the idea of a god or a higher power. It just doesn't make sense to me at all. It's just there's there's no logic to it. I'm a very logical person, um, and there's no logic to it, and it doesn't make sense. And and I tried, you know. Um, my first higher power was a bus. You know, I got hit by a bus that got me to, to a rock bottom. That got me to meetings. So, you know, um, yeah, my first higher power was a bus. You know, I decided after a while that praying to a bus didn't make much sense. So, um, yeah, gave up on that one. And 
yeah, I've had different iterations of a higher power over the years because, you know, that I was told that's what I had to do and uh, I didn't want to drink. Um, until a few years ago, I decided that I, <coughs> yeah, I didn't need a higher power. Um, but, yeah, you know, over 30 years sober without a higher power, um, yeah, I don't need to get one now. So, um, then, yeah, getting along to you know, a few meetings and less and less meetings and um, and then COVID hit and the meeting that I was going to closed. And so, yeah, I was, I was looking for resources online, um, found a, an AA Beyond Belief um, Facebook page and joined that and then on there found out about secular AA. I, I didn't know it existed. Um, I knew what secular meant, but I didn't know that there was any such thing as secular AA or, or any, you know, anything else. And I discovered um, you know, online Zoom meetings um, and it's been absolutely brilliant. It's you know, like I've come home. There's you know, people you know, with the same sort of mindset that I've got about, um, about recovery, about life. Um, and you, know, you don't have to do the uh, textbook um, recovery, you know, as it's written with every word and, and you know, all the rest of that. Um, I don't recommend you know, to people to you know, do recovery the way I've done over the years. Um, it has its you know pitfalls and whatever else, but you know it's my recovery and um, yeah, I've done it without a higher power, um, without religiously working you know, the the twelve steps of AA. You know, I um, I do do you know, self assessment of stuff, see where I'm sitting, how things are going, what's going on, should does do I you know. Do I need to change behaviours in this area or in, in whatever? Um, and yeah, sometimes I do okay with that. Other times I fail, but you know, that's that's life. Um, yeah, and I met some amazing people in these yeah, these Zoom rooms. Um, the other week I went to um, Melbourne. There was a, an AA conference over there, and. Um, there was a secular meeting, the first uh, secular meeting for a AA convention in um, in Australia. So, you know, I just figured, you know, I've got to be there. So I went over to that and met a few people that you know, I knew from from Zoom meetings, and it was great to you know, actually uh, meet up with with people in, in person. I didn't bother doing any other meetings while I was there, um, and then flew back. Um, yeah, and got back on Saturday night, was crook and, you know, tested positive for COVID the next day. So <laughs> I don't know if I gave it to anyone else over there. Hopefully um, not. But, um, yeah, I, I... You know, you hear it all the time. Oh, yeah, I'd be dead if it wasn't for AA and all that sort of stuff, you know. But, you know, the way I drank and the way I was going, if I hadn't stopped drinking and um, you know, got to AA and got yeah, you know, and allowed people to you know to help me over the years, um, you know, yeah, I'd, if I'd continued drinking, I have no doubt that I'd you know, I'd be dead now um, if it wasn't 
as a direct result of, of you know of alcohol, you know, it would be a you know, motorbike accident, you know, riding drunk or um, you know, you know, taking my own life or you know, whatever. I have no doubt that I wouldn't be here if I hadn't found um, recovery. And yeah, you know, met some amazing people. Um, and you know, love them to bits. You know, some really wonderful people in these rooms. And uh, yeah, it's been great. And thanks for um, pointing me at this meeting and then um, getting collared to <coughs> speakers. About my self-obsessed career over the last thirty-five years. But uh, yeah, it's um, really great to be here. Yeah, thanks.